are exhausted. You have been traveling for days without end. Trees surround you from every side and a path is long ago lost beneath your feet. What's that you hear? A mumble of voices? Human voices? Oh, what bliss! But there are humans, there is food and bed. You follow the voices to a small, charming hamlet. Strange there is no path here, but you get a faint whiff of cooking meat and fresh-baked breads. What would you like to do? Do you venture forth? Yes or no? Yes, please. You wander into the hamlet and see a small building ahead. The sign above the door reads Guardian Tavern. You hear laughter and clinking of mugs within. You walk in. Hello, traveler. You turn to see, among a dozen or so common men, such as a smith and farmers, a large man with a golden beard and long hair tied in silver rings behind the counter. Clearly, he is the barkeep. You look like you've been through a jelly cube and come out the other end. Here, have a drink on the house. You take the beverage from his hands. It's a pinkish color and smells a bit too sweet for your liking. But you are thirsty. Too thirsty to resist and guzzle it down in one swig. As the color leaves the room and your body hits the floor, you hear the whole room cackle and scream in one terrifying voice, Welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. Fantastic. <laughs> I want to play! I want to play yeah. that game! I want to be in that world right now! <laughs> so hello and welcome, my little fishies, to this week's Zombie Fishbowl. In this show, we talk all manner of ridiculousness, all topics ranging from bog bodies, witches, curses, the apocalypse, and clearly today, Dungeons and Dragons. I am your American hostess, Melanie, and with me is my beautiful and well-learned companion from across the pond, Danielle. Hola! <laughs> So I, should have, I should have at the end of that said like can I roll a um some kind of check and then it would have been funnier like I was going to honest, throw. <laughs> I was honestly going to have you roll some checks in there but I was I was tired <laughs> roll for initiative <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> no, you're down man you're down <laughs> so hi hi how you doing um, you really want to know? I'm got a bit of a toothache. Oh no! Oh. Okay. That's it, really. <laughs> and it's very stormy tired over there. there. It is I'm, stormy. It's stormy. I apologize if people. <laughs> yeah, I apologize if people can hear in the background, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's the chimney. I do live in a Victorian house, so. You know, drafty chimneys. I think it was like our first, first or second episode when we had big old whooshing storms coming through your chimney too. Possibly. It makes sense because it was about a year ago we started this. Yeah, Happy birthday! Say Happy anniversary! <laughs> this is our anniversary edition. Woo! <laughs> One year. I was going to say that was our update. Was for for today was our um our uh, announcement that it. Tomorrow would be officially the one-year anniversary of our launch. So this is so, our anniversary edition. Yes, welcome, welcome. I almost wish I'd planned, like, a full game for us to celebrate our anniversary with. Maybe I'll do that at some point. Come up, Try and come up with a smallish game for us just to play for a little mini-episode. You should try to see if people are willing to get up at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday to be able to play a, a game that early in the morning so that I can be included in my evening of a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make it work, man. I will make it happen. 
Okay. Um, so by the time this comes out, our anniversary will have already passed. But for the record, for posterity, it'll be June 29th as our birthday slash mm-hmm. anniversary, our birth anniversary. Mm. Launchery. Launchery. Launch your birth anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and it's strange because we've only, it's only, quote unquote, only 37 episodes. But that doesn't include minisodes and Christmas because we did loads of Christmas episodes which were not included in the main episode count. And I meant to go and look, which I still can actually, I'll go look and see how many podcasts we've actually, like individual podcasts that we've done. So It's over bear, 50. Bear with me. It is over 50. I'm going to guess 51. right now. Sorry. Damn it. I was going to say 51. (laughs) I actually, yeah, I think she was. It did look as if she was going to say 51. I'll give it to her. Yes. So this would be 52nd recording. Woohoo. 53rd, actually. Fourth, because we've had the one that we never launched, and then one that we never, that was just the sound was messed up. That's right. There's 51 individual episodes online released mm. <laughs> uh, but 37 proper ones yeah full length full length I... guys yes so um i guess it's the only really up- real update we have right other than we're still constructing the website i haven't done any homework sorry <laughs> i haven't either okay <laughs> i've gone back to work now it's it's tricky yeah, so. when you get yeah, like I'm doing, I'm working full time myself, and then in the evenings I'm doing like dissertation stuff. So I'm kind of forgetting quite frequently that I should just spend like an hour or two putting things together. But then I'm like, I literally just forget. It's not that I just, it's not that I choose not to. I just forget. Yeah, because I've got all the shit. I I forget, and then I'll remember it after I've been cross stitching for like an hour. I'm all like, oh, well, like I could have been doing that. I suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, same. When I've been like painting or something, quote unquote painting. It's still painting. It's arting. You've been arting. Arting. Painting. Mm-hmm. So, do we have any? Um, do we have a thing today? I have a thing, but do you have a thing? Uh, you go first. Okay. All right, my thing. Um, right. So, over the course of this lockdown, we've we've all been forced to look outside the usual parameters of our own tastes, aesthetics, and mediums in regards to entertainment. We've been looking for new and innovative ways to stimulate ourselves and engage in the world without actually being able to access it. It is whilst exploring these avenues of entertainment, those outside my usual fail-safes, that I've come across a new but yet classic, mesmerizing and addictive form of entertainment. Animal live cams. (laughs) nice (laughs) in my case I have become addicted to a chicken coop in New Jersey a kitten rescue in Los Angeles and a bird feeder in Costa Rica which isn't live and is edited for the best bits but there's hours and hours of footage for you to go through it's amazing there is also honourable mention to a hummingbird cam in Studio City an eagle cam in Canada and the puffins in Maine Um, but they're not as frequent Lots of birds, I'm noticing. Oh, I love it. Yeah, birds. 
Um, also, not of the animal variety, but I like to change it up sometimes with the NASA feeds from the ISS. Just pop it on and relax. It's so chill. The birdies eating the bananas, the kittens sleeping, the chickens roosting. Man, it's like... Just put it on in the background while you work or whatever. And every so often you can look up and be like, oh, my God, a toucan. Or, oh, my God, a kitten play with tail. And it's just nice. It's just nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> also, the chicken coop in New Jersey has great sound effects. So you can be just like typing away on your... Because chickens don't stop talking. They just constantly need to make noise. They chatter quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's relaxing. It's very soothing. And I was recommending it to people, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've been trying to get me on that for a while. I keep meaning to. I just have, like, no short-term memory right now because <laughs> my, my brain has been really special during lockdown. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't – that's – the the only chickens I've really become, like, enamored with have been Danny Elfman's chickens. Oh, my God. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of obsessed with those guys yeah i started posting them like is there anything cooler than danny elfman bragging about his fucking weird ass looking chickens (laughs) and i don't think that there is anything cooler than that he'll just be like look at this chicken and you'll be like yeah i know oh my god i get it (laughs) so my thing is probably equally as random i found out and I'm, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure on this because I was kind of like, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning when I discovered this. No, more like, that was like 1.30, 2 in the morning when I discovered this. So I'm not sure if I was navigating my Twitter properly. But um, I think Barack Obama follows Yonan Vasquez on Twitter. Hmm. And if you don't know who Yonan Vasquez is, Yonan Vasquez is the guy who, uh, uh, the guy who did Invader Zim, basically. But what I love and know him for is this comic book called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. My very first tattoo is a character from this comic book. So I've been obsessed with Yonan Vasquez for a very, very, very long time. And if Barack Obama follows him, that is possibly the greatest thing I've learned all month. That's a cool little fact. I can't be bothered chasing through his Twitter to find that out. But what made you think that this is a fact? Um, So I follow Yonan Vasquez on on Twitter and, Mm -hmm. and... uh, you know, he's hysterical and, and so random and bizarre. But I saw up top, you know, followed by Barack Obama with the little check mark, the little verified check mark. I'm like, wait a second. Fucking seriously? So I'm I'm trying to, you know, sleuth as best I can and I'm yeah, I'm, I'm like eighty percent sure that Obama follows Yana Vasquez, which is so random and I'm I'm in love with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is fun. <laughs> Twitter, how it can bring the strangest people together, and yeah. also, it's also a fucking dumpster fire. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, half, <laughs> half the time I'm on there, I'm all like, oh yay, people being funny and clever, and you know, oh look, this information is useful, and then just like, just, just, I hate everything. Mm-hmm. I hate everything. Yeah, someone who I admire greatly, a comedian and uh, a great mind called um, Robin Ince, he describes it as being in a really cool bar with loads of people that have 
like-minded interests and are just really interesting and you want to talk to and you're overhearing conversations over there that are really interesting that you want to get a part of people are having conversations with you that are really interesting everyone's having a nice time but the whole time there's a back section with a big grimy nasty curtain covering it where all you can hear is people screaming at each other and having massive fights and making incredibly offensive um statements and every so often someone falls out of it and says something offensive like blame the immigrants and then they go back in again and you think that's there the whole time so sometimes you have to speak a bit louder to the person that you're at the table with that you're engaging with and then every so often one of those horrible people will run over to your table and be like um the moon landings never happens and then they run back to their nasty filthy <laughs> knock place. over the beers on your counter <laughs> yeah exactly so you know as much as it's like you're loving the conversations that you're having you have to constantly deal with these disruptions now a carefully moderated timeline can reduce that um occurrence but it's very difficult to moderate when it's a public forum so you have to decide whether or not you want to go to that bar anymore and engage in those incredibly interesting conversations with people you otherwise wouldn't be able to have conversations with or just avoid it altogether because of the nasty toxic horrible back section that basically funds the place yeah or if you want to just try and set fire to the back section and realize that all of them are fireproof it's just like fuck yeah, there's nothing, literally nothing you can do. And they literally, like, I can't believe I said literally, like, three times in, 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 in a sentence. But oh, they no. are the reason why the bar is open. You're, like, yep. you're not, you're only there as, like, extra. Yeah. The screaming and hollering going on back there is the reason why the bar gets funded. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or makes money. Literally. So you've got to decide whether, whether you want to be a part of that or not. So... That's why I I do not really do Twitter that much. I retweet things and I say things every so often, but it's not my place because I'm too distracted by that back section. Fair enough. (laughs) Everything is turning into that now. Oh, yeah. This is the world we live in now where assholes are louder than than they were before. And no one has the ability to have an actual (laughs) dialogue with each other. Anyway, that's a whole other... Yeah, yeah. uh, but yeah, the thing did turn into something there. The thing spiraled. The thing spiraled. <laughs> All right. So let us breathe in beautiful chickens and animals and the soothing presence of, of nature and creatures and and the knowledge that that cool weird weird people are supported by cool weird people and, and that good things can happen. <laughs> In the front section. In the front section. And let us breathe out the knowledge that the crappy loud people exist. There's nothing we can do about it except for be louder in our own awesomeness. Yes? Okay. All right. One, two, three. Don't, Don't make that face at me. I didn't. I made a farty noise and then I realized I made a farty noise (laughs) when I made my exhale. All right. So today's topic, as we mentioned before, is Dungeons and Dragons. So I didn't want to get too terribly into, I mean, there's, there's, there are some details that a lot of the hardcore D&D gamers are, are really rabid on and, 
honestly, if you're not into it or if you're just learning about it, it's boring as balls. So mm-hmm. I, I stepped I stepped away from it and I'm just kind of focusing on what the gameplay is like a little bit. So Dungeons and Dragons, aka D and D or D and D, is a tabletop role-playing game or RPG. Originally designed by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, which for the record is Gary Gygax, not like the best name ever. Gygax is a strange name. And I imagine his character was probably called like Gygax the Great or something like that. Yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. need to change your name if your name's that brilliant. It's so freaking good. Okay, anyway, sorry. It was first published in 1974. Before D&D, Gygax had already laid the groundworks for it with a miniature war game he designed a few years previously called Chainmail. Chainmail was a miniature war game. Uh, okay, so a miniature war game is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. You have little miniature figures of like tanks and and ships, and you just sort of uh, they represent military formations and they play out warlike scenarios. And these kind of games were really popular at the time and likely long before that. But Chainmail was different, adhering to a pretty strictly medieval formula. And the rules for Chainmail went on to form the groundwork for Dungeons and Dragons. Like I said before, I could go into the long, not so interesting history of when different editions of Dungeons and Dragons came out, how it was originally published by Tactical Studies Rules Incorporated and then bought by Wizards of the Coast, a subsidiary of Hasbro, and all those tedious little details. But unless you're a hardcore gamer, I doubt you'll find it interesting. Um, so what is the game? How does it work? And why is it balls? So firstly, D&D differed from Chainmail and other war games in that it was a game in which you created individual characters and played independently instead of as a military formation. These characters then, with the power of the player's imagination, navigate a world of magic, beasts, and all sorts of adventures using a handful of seven different dice of varying sizes and numbered sizes. (laughs) Sides! Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, there is Dungeon Master, or commonly referred to as a DM, who acts as storyteller, referee, and god. If you want to break open a locked door, it is up to the dice and the DM to tell you whether or not you succeeded, um, or whether or not you uh, just injured your arm really badly running into a wall. Usually played in groups, the premise is that a band of adventurers move through a story that the DM tells, gathering treasures, slaying monsters, and earning experience. Like with any game, the more experience you get, you level up, and with each level comes new perks. Now, there are so many aspects to this, and it's hard to try and nail it all down without making a whole episode a how-to D&D. Uh, we have different races, so like the breed of creature you are playing. And this can determine many factors of your character. Can you see in the dark? If you are human, you cannot. Uh, do you have a natural affinity for elvish, uh, infernal, or gnomish languages? Do you have a natural ability to leap or sneak? You have... Uh, races such as elf, half elf, gnome, a human, halfling, which used to be hobbit before the token estate went, uh, no. Um, you have orc, dragonborn, dwarf, but, uh, and the newly added tiefling, which is one of my favorites. I like them. I think they're sexy. Yeah, tieflings are beautiful. Now, do you pronounce it tiefling or tiefling? I've said tiefling. Okay, yeah, there's there's debate, and I, I always say tiefling because it's E-I, so I just it says tiefling to me. Mm. <laughs> Maybe Any... I just think it sounds nicer Tiefling than Tefling Tiefling yeah. I don't know it, Tiefling, it just sounds so cute But Tieflings, for the record, are like half demons mm. <laughs> So they're not Not overwhelmingly a cute breed Such as like a gnome Or a halfling 
So they usually have like big horns. They can be ram horns, elk horns, any kind of horn, really. They have long tails. Their skin can be any color, ranging from like humany pink to a nice deep purple, lavender, uh, usually on the pinkish, purplish scale. Usually like golden or silver eyes. People, if they see a tiefling, they just sort of assume that they are villains, even if they are not, just because of them being half demon and being an infernal type character. Then there are the classes. You have paladins, warriors, wizards, clerics, druids, rogues, barbarians, bards, monks, rangers, and a couple others. These are your jobs, basically, the driving force in how you live your life. Paladins are hardwired for good, durable, strong, and driven by divine strength and willpower. Rogues are sneaky buggers, very good at robbing you blind while looking you in the eye. Then there's the whole alignment thing, which is one of my favorite factors. You have nine potential alignments. Lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good. Lawful neutral, neutral, chaotic neutral. Lawful evil, neutral evil, chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. And I, my characters are almost always uh, like chaotic neutral. Because <laughs> that's just the funnest place to be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like telflings or whatever you want to call them, they teflings, they would be predominantly chaotic neutrals. Yeah. Because they could go anywhere at any moment. Yeah, well, my tiefling character this time is probably more chaotic good. Um, She tries. She tries. But every character I've ever played in any game, really, even in Call of Cthulhu or something like that, it's always been pretty much chaotic neutral. (laughs) Yeah, it's the best one to do if you kind of want to just wing it and do whatever you want through the whole thing and sometimes be mean and sometimes not. It's the best, like, it's basically... If you don't want to think about it too much, I suppose, Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, what would my character do? Well, in this instance, whatever you want, because it's whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, if if you're playing on the more good or the more evil, you kind of have to take that into account. Well, I am an evil piece of shit, so I'm just going to kill them. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you're chaotic, each one will like or chaotic neutral. It's like I'm going to stick a banana up their nose and uh, just jiggle (laughs) (laughs) whatever the fuck I want. And that's, that's pretty much it as far as, like, your characters. The gameplay is, it's, um like I said, the DM is telling you a story. You're moving through it. You know, you walk into a village, and then each individual player kind of gets to determine what they want to do. Someone can wander off completely separate from the group. Uh, but you make these rolls using these dice. And these dice are basically your percentage or your likelihood to succeed at an action, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you, like I said, if you want to try and break down a door, you roll a d20, and if you roll over a certain number, then you've broken down that door. If you roll under it, then you did not. Then it's up to the DM to be like, well, you definitely succeeded. If you rolled like a really good roll, you succeeded, and gold showered down on your head from the mm-hmm. other side. Um, if you rolled really badly, uh, you basically fell down before you could even reach the door. <laughs> kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's what makes Dungeons and Dragons so much fun is yes, you have this this system with the dice, but more than that, you have this this imagination, the storytelling, this very fluid storytelling going on. It was uh, described in a, one of the research videos that I was watching as um, um, make-believe with rules. So basically, you're playing like you would have done as you were a child, running around in the play area going, I'm Superman, and you're... Wonder Woman and we're going to do this and kapow and 
but what the rules are or the guidelines, if you will, because it's better to call them guidelines than rules, actually, because yeah. the rules rules can be broken and so can guidelines. Um, we'll probably talk about that later, but it's so much it, up to the DM too. Yeah, it's up to the yeah, 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 definite. But like, um, at least there's like a structure to it, so that, that it doesn't fall into. But Superman is invincible, and Wonder Woman is, and that's sort of like what always resulted in like the end of the game, which is like you can't settle who would be the winner and who wouldn't. Well, I what shot TV you. Does. You're dead. No, <laughs> exactly. I'm not. Exactly. So what that what the dice do and the DM does is put parameters and guidelines and rules around that gameplay so that you can establish who wins and who loses, if you will, and how much so by and to what and in what way. So yeah. it's just make believe but with rules, which is why I like it, because I like fun with rules. We like structure to a certain extent. Yes. <laughs> But it's important to say that it's not just the DM's story as well, because the DM might have a, an intention of telling a story, but if his players or their his that their whoever's the DM their players don't cooperate, whether consciously or unconsciously, that story can take a completely different turn <laughs> and get totally um, fucked. <laughs> and get yeah, it depends on which way you look at it, but yeah. It's a collaborative storytelling because the players can determine. I mean, the DM could say, you go into this dungeon and you see this, 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 and this and expect everybody to combat. And then one person goes, I'm hungry. We leave and go to the tavern. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that could you know happen. What? You know what? I'm not feeling this cave. I'm going to go back out into the woods and see what's out there. But but there's a cave here. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, I think I heard something over there. I'm going to use my listen check to see if there's something out there, not in there. <laughs> no! Exactly. So you can derail a DM's uh, campaign very easily. Yeah, it's a cruel thing to do, and it's also hilarious. <laughs> I love watching a DM. Yeah. But beware the smiling dungeon master. Oh, God, yeah. Your best bet is if if you've not played before is to get a DM that drinks a lot because then they're like sure man you want that dragon egg take it I don't, I don't care roll for it got it you got it it's fine but you don't yeah that's it as well the DM can decide whether or not you have to roll for it so like if you say that you want to do something like I want to pick up this talisman they could say you have to roll for it but then sometimes they can just be like okay you pick up the talisman and you put it around and you're like oh shit that was too easy <laughs> <laughs> what's the trick or you, so. you're like, I'm going to roll to investigate this talisman. All right, you investigated it. It looks like this. Gives you an yeah. elaborate story. Uh, what do you want to do? I'm going to pick it up. Roll for uh, roll for dexterity. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. What's, what's your armor class or whatever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make a wisdom throw. Oh, no. <laughs> All of this means nothing to layman's, but basically... <laughs> So one thing I wanted to explain before we get too much into it is when it comes to uh, because I knew that we would kind of like carry on like this a little bit. So something to to help you understand when we say make a strength check, dexterity check, constitution. So there, there are these certain checks that you have to make that you have rolled for when you created your character. You roll your 20 sided dice, you do a little bit of math and you figure out what number you have. And then when you make a check, you roll another dice and you add that to it 
tells you whether you've succeeded or not. But these these uh, statistics are you have strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom and charisma. All right. And the best way to explain them that I've found is explaining it with tomatoes. Mm. Have you seen this? No. Okay. So strength is your ability to crush a tomato, right? Pretty easy. (laughs) Dexterity is your ability to dodge a tomato being thrown at you. (laughs) Your constitution is your ability to eat a bad tomato and come out okay. (laughs) Intelligence is knowing that tomato is a fruit. (laughs) Wisdom is knowing that you cannot put tomato in a fruit salad. And charisma is being able to sell a tomato-based fruit salad. Oh, which I thought you were going to say the ability to seduce a tomato. <laughs> 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 but selling it to someone makes way more sense. <laughs> How likely are you to seduce this tomato? Well, my charisma is plus three, so... I did attempt to seduce a bear in one of my campaigns oh, and my charisma no. was high enough that I didn't get mauled. I didn't seduce the bear, but I didn't get mauled. So that's saying something. I feel, I felt oh. that was a good one. <laughs> so that's my bit. And I hope that those tomatoes helped explain at least a little bit of uh, how those statistics work because I didn't, when I first started playing, I didn't get it. I really didn't. I was just kind of like, uh, roll for dexterity. I don't even know what that means. Okay. Uh, and I just sort of trusted the DM to kind of uh, have it make sense in context, which it did. But mm-hmm. the tomato thing really helped. As soon as I saw that, I'm all, oh, it's all so clear. Oh my God. <laughs> I, have to, I have to be honest, I think I had a little bit of a, a head start in that um, playing video games kind of helps. Mm-hmm. Especially games like Skyrim. So I played Oblivion, and it kind of follows the same formula, if you will, of a D&D tabletop. So like of like a tabletop RPG in that you choose certain. So you choose your race, and you kind of choose your. Um, uh, oh God, what's the word? Whether you're a knight or a mage or. Oh yeah. Class. Um, class. Yeah. So you choose your your race, you choose your class, and then you choose which abilities you have when you start your your player. And it's exactly the same as um, building your character sheet. So if you've ever played a game where you've had to like, or any of the fallouts or anything like that, where at the very beginning, you have to create your character, although in Fallout, you're always human, you do get to determine your gender and you get to determine your abilities and as you level up you get to decide which abilities get more points added to them which is exactly the same as Dungeons and Dragons and other RPGs is is your character more intelligence based is it more strength based is it more magic based is it more charisma based you know but that that means that takes that that really fleshes out your character Mm -hmm. I feel um, with games, with video games, it can be sort of um, a little bit more intelligent in that it can tell you how you've been playing the game and recommend to you where you should stick some more points so that you can level up in that area or mm-hmm. somewhere that you're lacking, maybe. It can be a little bit more uh, dynamic, if you will. Whereas 
uh, on a tabletop RPG, it's totally up to you whether or not you fill in the gaps in your weaknesses or if you continue to develop certain aspects of your character. And that's how you sort of level up and become stronger in some places and weaker in others. So you can have a really high-level character that is really strong, really great in combat, but is fucking dumb as a post because you've yeah. never never decided to give any of your uh, leveling up points, if you will, to that because it's you're not interested in it you don't care if you're dumb as opposed because your role is to be told what to do most of the time and just hit things on the head your role is the tank exactly exactly so or you can be the smart one that can't even carry their own backpack because they have very little strength they might just be able to carry their dagger and their mage's staff but they are the smartest and they never have to do checks uh what's it called when you have to check for traps and things like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perception. Perception. So you very rarely have to do perception checks because you're so high up in that area that you literally notice anything all the time. So it just depends on your your what you kind of character you want to play, which is another thing I wanted to talk about. Our characters? Well, not specifically our characters, but the idea of creating these characters because oftentimes... Uh, people might misunderstand that people are playing characters that they wish that they could act like. Yeah. And that's not true. And there's actually no, there's no evidence behind that. You find most people just play characters that they find the most fun to play. Yeah, that they find amusing. Yeah. And that might be the opposite, complete opposite of their personality. So you might get a really shy, reserved person playing a berserker. Mm-hmm. Or you might get somebody who is very physically weak that plays a knight because they're acting out that fantasy of being somebody who's strong and admired and chivalrous. But it doesn't mean it's a reflection of them like some sort of subconscious part of their mind it's just what they're finding the most enjoyable to play yeah Melanie and I both exclaimed our love for teflings mm-hmm. or tieflings or whatever they're half demons and to, that's appealing to us because then we can be devious and we can be um nasty and, and, and like sociopathic yeah in a character in a safe way in a place where it would actually be really fun to do that and there are no repercussions in terms of your actual like your actual identity in yourself and you know that and that's why it's fun the fact that you know that there's no repercussions because there's no way that melanie and i would would act like that character in real life absolutely no way yeah 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 care too much about people even if they are ourselves so picking that character is such a um uh it's so personal and it can also be very flexible yeah so um i just think that uh, people get a bit of a a bad misconception that 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 must also mean that people play evil horrible nasty sadistic characters because deep down they are nasty and sadistic no i think it's the opposite they play those characters because deep down they are not those things and so they're acting those things out for fun yeah yeah yeah. they're flexing their imagination in that direction it has nothing to do with who they are as people no yeah no if anything i could tell you that most 
people's characters are reflections of the opposite of themselves or maybe mm-hmm. things maybe they are things that they aspire to in some instances like I always always make my characters really smart and that is an aspiration that, that I have in real life but I can't stand having dumb strong characters that's not fun for me but yeah. I want yeah I want sly sneaky clever magic like People. I do have to say, though, I feel like you're being a little racist against tieflings because my tiefling is not devious. She's a bit of a sexaholic, but she is she's fundamentally kind of mostly ish good kind of. Fair. That's the cool <laughs> thing about it is that you can <laughs> whoosh. I totally missed all. Yeah, <laughs> not devious in the slightest. <laughs> but but I mean, the the. The, the sort of predisposition for tieflings to be like that is there so yeah totally fair I'm just thinking with you <laughs> yeah good yeah I kind of noticed that so I stopped defending myself when I realized she's just fucking with me um, <laughs> but I'm playing as a dwarf at the moment which actually I did not think that I would ever be attracted to which I wasn't um, but it's yeah dwarves are really fun um I got given a pre-made character sheet because I wanted to play and I wasn't quite sure how to build my own character because I'm I'm actually quite a beginner I'm a novice um so I was given a really cool character sheet you know with background and everything like that to help me get into this and I thought oh god I'm a I'm a dwarf but actually dwarfs are pretty kick-ass and they don't have to be dumb so that was nice I have I'm quite a wise dwarf and stuff like that so I don't know and it means that I kind of I'm playing differently to how I expected I was going to play because I wanted to play as a magical character. Yeah. Um, what's, your, what's your class? Oh, man, you want me to get my sheet up? Just maybe just a little bit. Uh, hold on. I, I expected myself to be, like, just casting spells here and there and everywhere. Ooh. But um, spellcasters are so hard to play. Yeah, no, this one is such a nice mix of melee and magic. So it is a cleric. Yeah, Yeah. cleric. So I'm sort of like half and half. I've got a warhammer and a hand axe, which is really fun because I only ever usually play characters with really small weapons and mostly using magic. So I've had like, and I'm talking about playing characters in video games yeah so when i when i customize my video game characters i always sort of go down the magical route and have staffs or just basically i'm barehanded all the time because i'm just constantly throwing spells and usually a bow and arrow for long range stuff for sneaky long range stuff i'm not used to having these big loud obnoxious no well i suppose a hand axe isn't loud and obnoxious but it's it's certainly not subtle yeah, it's yeah. pretty, and you can throw it, um, you know. But I've got a warhammer, which is nice. not something that I would would choose. Um, and this one is wisdom is plus three, but intelligence is plus zero. Those are called modifiers, so it's what you add to your roll of your dice. So you yeah. pretty much always have that as your baseline. But yeah, a wisdom of plus three, but an intelligence of plus zero, which is I think a little bit of an oxymoron. Well, no, you can you can be wise in like how the world works, how people work around you, and and not book smart. Yeah, fair enough. You know what I mean? All my characters are charismatic as fuck. Like I put all of my energy into charisma almost all the time. 
<laughs> yeah, because this was pre-made, it, it you know, it, it, um, I just kind of, <laughs> I'm getting used to it basically. Yeah, the Christmas yeah, yeah. one, and those were um for the people listening, those are determined when you like you would set out like a particular day where everybody maybe builds their character and you roll dice for different aspects of the sheet and then you develop your backstory and you choose what abilities you want to have and what spells that you know and things like that which is why it's really actually very important for you to get the materials that go along with D&D. D&D <laughs> is kind of a game where it's very difficult to play without the stuff so do you want to talk about the stuff of D&D now? Are we talking about the the dice the the books, the figures. I see. I don't have any figures. I <clears throat> it's one of those things where I, I still really want to do that. Um, there are some great websites where you can just get like a 3D printed minifig of your character and customize it, and it's like less than 20 bucks. It's like really yeah. really inexpensive. It's awesome. I will do that at some point. But what you what you must have you there are two there are three things you absolutely need to have mm-hmm. when you're playing D and D. That is your set of dice preferably like three sets of dice because you will soon discover that maybe one set is not working for you that night so you want to blow on another set and try a new set of dice if you're that way inclined (laughs) i i have i've got like five sets of dice and i want more i want so many sets of dice i just got a really pretty set of dice okay sorry sorry um (laughs) it's rainbows uh but um so you need your dice you need your character sheet and yeah, developing a character from scratch is, it's a time consuming gig, but it is so much fun, yeah. especially if you let, if you truly let the dice decide who your character is. Mm-hmm. And that, that is sort of, that's giving your character to the universe. And then you, you roll the numbers, you look at the numbers. And then when you see that this person has a high intelligence, but a low charisma, you'd be like, okay, cool. Librarian type of person, you know, yeah. like, you know, and, and develop a character from that. There are also ways where you can develop your character where where you roll all, all of your um, dice, you you come up with your numbers, and then you specifically place them where you want them to be mm. with an idea of how you want to build your character. So there's different ways to do it. I like the letting the universe decide, but I also, you know, letting go of that amount of control can be really, really difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like but, a hitting randomize at the beginning of a video game. So you're just going to let the computer algorithm choose your character like everything's or you could meticulously plan every little detail and anywhere in between it's a complete spectrum so yeah but the number one thing other than the dice that you absolutely have to have is the player's handbook this book is the bible this book is gold it tells you every spell that is available to you it gives you the statistics on the types of weapons that you can have the materials that you can have how rations work um, rations are basically like your food stuff mm-hmm. where if you don't have health potions, if you don't have a cleric to heal you, you eat some rations and it gives you like one D four plus health. Um, yeah. so you, yeah. And, and that basically means you would roll a four sided dice and whatever number is up top is the amount of health added to your, your health. These, as far as I can tell, are like the three absolute must haves. There are grids and maps that you can have, which are awesome. There's an app that we use me and my, my crew use called roll 20 and they can you can put up a digital map and sort of move the figures with your cursor which is super fun a uh, nice high-tech version of the old old game mats but i have a game mat sitting in my my amazon cart i'm gonna get one someday mm. someday 
it's good when you're having to do it like the way that we're having to do it right now which is remotely from home so having that digital map is very helpful so that people can keep track of their characters the dm can only do so much yeah 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 and and it helps you understand because you can only move a certain distance at a Mm. time so be like okay so i can only really move these four blocks forward uh place me here kind of thing and and that that really is helpful helps with the guidelines of it the reason why the player's handbook is so important also is also is because it gives you an idea of the world that you're going to be um experiencing if you've never even if you've never even seen the player's handbook um you're going to find it really difficult not impossible but really difficult to imagine what it would be like and how you would act within this world of D, which is the next thing i wanted to talk about which is that very immersive world that completely imaginary place the setting of D D is has been created and has been redesigned and reformatted over the years over the last 40 years or so since it's been um introduced in the 70s to this really wonderful place where literally the most amazing art gets produced about it. Mm-hmm. Um, people, we haven't talked about this yet, LARPing. Someday, man. Someday. <laughs> you can actually buy the characters' clothing and props and things like that and you could play fully dressed up costuming and it's called LARPing which is called live action action. sorry let's say together one two three live Live action action role playing (laughs) we can't do it you can't do it LARPing LARPing. live action role playing which is like a new level not new level, a whole nother level. Um, I've, I struggle to just talk in character. So another sort of very unique aspect of D&D is the performance element, the kind of theatrical improvisation, if you will, of your character and the actions that they are performing um, in this world. Um, I have a hard enough time uh, just being like, and I throw my axe. Like, I can't do that. I just have to talk normal. I can't talk yeah. like my character. Other people talk like their characters. People can get really into it. LARPing is a whole nother level where you could really be like outside hitting each other with polystyrene swords. You're yeah. so into it. Um, there are people that we know that do that, and it's absolutely fantastic and fine. Me, I can't even to do a voice. So, um, I, I would find it incredibly difficult. Practice. Yeah, I, I suppose if you have a really well-developed character as well, you might find it a little bit more comforting. But I've never been an actor. I've never done theatre. I've never done performance like that. So it comes more naturally to people that have done that, whereas me, I just kind of go, my character does this. Like, I'm still very much like in the third person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is well, fine. How, but... how many games have you played? Like, how many um, sessions have you had? four okay yeah so like my first time playing i have at when i at the time when i started playing i had really bad social anxiety and i was playing with there was one person i knew and then there was six people i didn't know in a house of people that i didn't know so mm-hmm. for me with social anxiety fucking terrifying this was like oh well, why am i doing this but i i knew that i 
I wanted to play the game and this was my first chance to do it. So I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to do it. And I hid under my hoodie the whole time. I had my hood up and I just like, don't look at my face. I'm gazing at the sheet, which was um, my, our friend, uh, a mutual friend of ours had been playing two characters before I came in. He goes, here, take this character. It was a half elf cleric. And I'm all like, oh, this guy looks boring. Okay, whatever. And I was just like, all right, I'm just going to stab. Uh, I'm just going to stab. I'm just going to, I'm going to heal. And it wasn't until about the sixth or eighth game uh, or session where all of a sudden I was just like, oh, okay, wait a second. And I sat there, uh, it was like the day before I was going to go play. And I looked at my character statistics and I came up with a completely individual backstory for it. Cause it was, it was like a basic generated character, you know, one of those uh, pre-made characters. And um, my friend had given him like a really cheesy name and so I, I looked into like an el- a book of Elvish names or b- Elvish words, and I named him Rome Twitterin Gherkin, and uh, Rome Twitteris Gherkin, and Rome is the Elvish word for the trumpet sound. And basically, I made my character a fucking psycho, mm. and he, he, she was my favorite character I've ever played. I love my character I'm playing right now, which is a half, uh, which is a tiefling tiefling cleric but this half elf cleric was just so completely manic and absurd okay so but but my my point is is that like the first few times you're playing it especially if you're with a character that you didn't actually create it's it's daunting and and you don't really have a connection forged with this character it will come as soon as you really start to understand what your abilities are and you know really understanding your statistics better and and going oh i can make this kind of role a perception check i can make a tumble check i can do all these things that i just wasn't doing because i was kind of stuck in sort of like i just point my my axe and swing it kind of mode there's also this um that's that's i agree um, but there's also the fact that our DM is less experienced than me. So yeah, it's right. very difficult. It's very difficult to have a game where nobody knows the rules and actually hasn't even read the rules once. So oh, no. it's very difficult. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so no. I, I actually know more about the game than the yeah, DM you're saying does. You do 20s for everything, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Ow. Ow, that hurts. Well, but you know, you know, that's okay. So here's where I want to talk about gatekeeping. <laughs> so to play D and D, you need these. You need to follow certain criteria. You need your dice. You need the rule book, which is the player's handbook, and you need to have some idea of what the world is that yeah. you're playing in, and you have to have a character sheet. However. There's really no wrong way to do it at the end of the day. You can play D&D and make up your own rules as long as they're consistent. Mm-hmm. So um, basically the rules that have been made up for us, because we don't have an experienced DM to guide us, we just had to kind of like group together and be like, right, we're going to try to do this. Um, but, you know, due to like university lives and, and, and COVID, there hasn't been as much of a, a focus on the learning about the ins and outs of the actual Dungeons and Dragons world, if you will. So it's kind of a little bit more winged, which is, you know, 
like Melanie just said before, rolling D20s for everything and kind of just winging it and and not really knowing when we're supposed to roll for certain things, not really knowing which modifiers we're meant to add for different kinds of roles and things like that. But as long as our rules are consistent within each game, you can still play it as long as you don't keep like changing the rules. It's fine. So if yeah. you're saying, if you're saying that no matter what you um no matter what whenever you roll for an attack as long as you add your if this is wrong you don't but if you add your strength to your attack but you do it every time it's fine you've just well, made yeah, your own I mean, roll when when you roll to attack yeah you roll a d20 but when you roll for damage do you roll a d20 so can you do like 17 damage at a time <laughs> yes <laughs> That's nuts! That's nuts! You must be blowing through monsters. Because usually it's like a D4 or D6. Yeah, I think pretty much, yeah. They're usually are dead within one or two hits. <laughs> oh my god, no! But so are we. Because oh. the DM rolling for the monsters are is That's also gross. rolling a D20. <laughs> but oh, at man. first we started to... Um, we had this thing where we thought that we had 25 hit points plus our armor class. Ah. So uh, the role had to exceed our... So the role that we kind of made up for this was that the role had to exceed our armor class before it started hitting, getting to our hit points. What is totally, completely made up, but it was consistently what we were doing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he would roll a d20, and if it wasn't, let's say, m that my armor level was 11, which I think uh -huh. it was... As long as that roll, if that roll was under 11, I didn't take any hit points. Well, yeah, but that's how it works. Oh, that is how it works. Well, we made yeah. that up. We totally okay. made that up. Yeah, yeah. So, they they have to roll higher than your, your AC in order to hit. And then they roll for damage. Well, I think we were kind of combining hitting and damage. So in a way that, uh, so when the D20 was rolled, if you got a 12... If the if the if like the ghoulie got a twelve, your armor class was eleven. You take one hit point. Got it. Okay. And we'd have like twenty five hit points. Well, I guess that's a way to do it. That's a way to do it. But then, like countering it, it would be like the the like ghoul would only have an armor class of three. Yeah. And five hit points which is about what let's say that that's a corpse isn't it a walking corpse or whatever yeah. so if we got a, like an 18 or a 19 we're killing it in one fail swoop but, got it. it you know but we were consistently following the same bad rules <laughs> and, i gotta set up again like, for you i know i know so i'm not <laughs> actually learning how to play D D by the rules at the moment i'm learning to play <laughs> some offshoot of Dungeons and Dragons which is based on the like the materials that you would use strictly d20 <laughs> well I think we did in our last game we did branch out a little bit I think that we managed to convince our DM that you roll a d10 for something and I can't remember what it was <laughs> well d20s is like mostly what you roll roll yeah. you only roll the smaller dice generally for um for damage uh and yeah mainly for damage but that's that's funny and you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fans kind of going what 
Well, you did what? Yeah, but that's why I said I wanted to talk about gatekeeping because it really bothers me when people are just starting out and they're just trying to build their confidence up a little bit. And the part of like building your confidence is that idea of fantasy role playing, that yeah. performance. So if you're in a place where it's actually safer to perform, if you will, and get to know how to be in this this world where the rules just aren't as strict and they're not as asinine and they're not as um structured but then when you go to a game you just tell the dm listen i'm a novice i've only ever played with people that don't know the rules so i can do all the fantasy stuff but if you could just guide me with the throws and and what i need to add to each throw and things like that and i can tell you as well from my experience just today watching loads of video games video games videos on youtube dms fucking love newcomers oh yeah yeah absolutely because they can mold them in their image if they will (laughs) because they don't get to play you know it's it's a different form of play so they're like oh yeah you need help let me just just roll that d4 real quick (laughs) yeah but uh but i mean other players too are totally willing to help you out Uh, but there's like with any kind of gamers with any kind of gamers you you have the the people who take it so seriously and they are no fun to play with i gotta tell you like i'm sure they're fun they're fun to play with with other people who are taking it super super seriously but like for me um our our dm is usually you know pretty trashed everybody in the game is pretty drunk and uh just kind of like there was there was this whole moment where we came upon a farm that uh you know animals are dead people are dead there's a lot of dead stuff everyone's been killed um but there's still like a goat walking around like a random chicken and we spent like an hour and a half of game time trying to figure out whether or not we could talk to this goat (laughs) nice yeah, that was so, that is what's fun because we we have like a recurring character that's called Sponge. That's basically this wizard that is sometimes blind and sometimes isn't. It depends on how we left him, and sometimes <laughs> he can turn into um an owl bear or bear owl or whatever they're called. Owl bear. They're half owl bears, and like when he's an owl bear, he lets me ride him, but. I have to like seduce him first, kind of thing. But he like rec- has recurred in every game that we've played, and he's called Sponge because he likes cake, and <laughs> like it's just every so often like we'll say something like um, that sounds suspiciously like something Sponge would say. Can we make sure that this character is who they say they are and it isn't Sponge in disguise? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it comes into each thing. So even though we haven't played that much, we already have like an inside joke, and I like yeah. that. Yeah, nice. That's fun. That's super yeah. fun. Yeah, and we found him on the internet and everything, so we have an official picture of Sponge. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, it's it's sort of like playing a sort of sixty percent of the game, if you will. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're getting the experience, and you're you're getting like I I didn't mean to like shoot down how you're playing. Yeah. It's just you know as somebody who's been playing for a while, and I'm not a pro. You know, there are still a lot of things that I'm totally making up. Mm-hmm. But that's part of the fun, too, is just making shit up. Um, it's just that whole that whole damage thing. I'm all like, that's... I know. There are certain the aspects, yeah. There, yeah <laughs> there are certain aspects. The actual combat is something that everyone really does need to learn how to do. Um, and I found, like, a video on the internet that's, like, five minutes long that it's literally just how to combat in D&D in five minutes. Like, listen, yeah. watch this video and you'll get it. And I, like, listened to it and it was a lot of information all coming at me all at once. But it's basically a whole chapter of the handbook being nice. condensed into five minutes. 
Well, in the handbook, it's it's a lot like the handbook of the recently deceased. It reads a bit like a you know a maintenance uh, booklet, just kind of like oh. Yeah, it's almost a, almost like a travel guide as well. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it it took me a while to to realize that I was not going to read the player's handbook cover to cover. <laughs> I skim it when I need information, but it's a very important handbook to have. <laughs> yeah, and I've had I do have it in digital form, but there's definitely a part of me that goes like the, I really feel like I oh, need the physical need physical book to flick through it. But I'll buy it for you. <laughs> it's okay. I'll find a version of it when I'm when I've got a little bit of disposable income and I'm not no, no. constantly I'm pay- buying. I'm gonna PayPal you some money. And I'm gonna get you a. You're gonna get a. I'll sort it out. I kind of I want to buy it secondhand, you see, because I'm sure that there's like loads that I can, you know, or support support a small business. I just want to wait till this is over and I'll 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 find a way. I just don't want to support bloody Amazon. You know what I mean? And that's the cheapest place for it. Or I have to pay fifty pounds. I'm like I'm not gonna pay fifty pounds for it. You're gonna pay fifty pounds for it. It's a it's a it's not a cheap book. <sighs> yeah, I also wanted to add the the uh fuck it. The monster book and mm. the, the DM handbook. I'm looking at like a hundred and some odd dollars of just two books that I really, really want because I want to start my own campaign someday. I've never DM'd before and it's my dream. It's my dream. Yeah, fine, fair. You should DM. You should definitely DM. Yeah, That'd be so I think fun. I'd be good at it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. And I think that you'd be a nice, like, devious. You'd definitely be chaotic neutral in your DMing. Yeah. My God form would be a little bit uh, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> you thought you were in this place, but you were wrong. I just yeah. imagine that nothing, everything, anything goes with your stuff. Pretty much. But I'd also be very fair. I'd be a fair God. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it is a game. Yeah. It is a game and it has successes and failures and it has winners and losers, kind of. Mm-hmm. It can go on for as long as you want it to go on, or everybody might die. I was just relieved there was this fun uh, tweet I read where it was, well, it's not fun, but it was a, there was a tweet I read where it's just like, you know, girls, it, it's the best to play a Dungeons & Dragons campaign with all girls, because you don't have any creepers being creepy. I'm all like, you have not played with me. I have sex with everything. I am a nasty character. <laughs> No, it just sounds like they're playing with the wrong people. Right? right? It has nothing to do with gender. Just <laughs> you you have really bad like processing skills when it comes to navigating around creeps, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I will I will give you this ben- the the benefit of the fact that the gaming world is actually quite difficult to find people that aren't creeps, but they're there and the reason why you can't find them is because they're too busy being chilled and cool other places. They're not like yeah, yeah. In places you can find them, because they usually established their own tribe and yes. are wary of creeps, just as yes. you are. Exactly. So they're all hiding in their own dungeons, literally. Um, <laughs> I've heard that argument that it's so much easier to play D and D with all girls because you avoid the creeps, but it's literally because, for some reason, this world attracts creeps. Yeah. So. Well, and again, and kind of going back to that whole, uh, you know, picking how you play. I think there are also, you know, there are a lot of guys out there who who do sort of um, play the confident, uh, you know, like like a, a, a what's the, what's the word, an exaggerated version of a confident person. So they come mm. across as like creepy, 
dickwads and it's just like this this probably not even how this person is but they have this fantasy that they're playing out and some people can't separate what they're playing and how that's appropriate instead of just like having fun with this character it's like i'm i'm such a loser in real life i'm going to just gonna like rape everything in this game there's a balance bro there's a yeah maturity in the human being is generally reflected in the actions of their fantasy character definitely um yeah but i will say something about the creation of characters in terms of like the sexuality and stuff like that because dnd is kind of a a really safe place that you can experiment with different kinds of sexual impulses and gender bending because we've both kind of skimmed over a little bit but um i'm playing a female character and you're playing a female character currently but we've both played male characters in the past Mm -hmm. so the very first time I played D&D was when I was like 15, 16 with my then boyfriend's uh, brother's friend who was the DM. So yeah. down in his basement. So it was my my boyfriend, his brother, um, his friend, his friend's girlfriend and his friend's friends. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And that was where I learned how to learned about it for the first time. But I was like 15, 16 and we spent most of the time stoned yeah. and eating bean dip, but also, you know, playing the game bean dip. Yeah. With Velveeta. And <laughs> it was amazing. That's how you do. Um, do. Slow cooked all day beans with Velveeta. It was amazing. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, he, uh, it, so I played a male character when mm-hmm. I was there. So it was a male knight. So yeah. it like want to talk about a little bit about how it is kind of a place where men can play women and it's not even blinked at in the yeah, slightest. Yeah, weird at all. Nope. It's very much a. I found it's very gender fluid as well because like my character is a female dwarf but actually looking at her you won't be able to tell whether yeah, she's male or female. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha ha. Uh, but yeah. Lord of the Rings joke there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it's it's true though that some of the characters might actually not in fact you don't have to declare your gender or sex when you are playing and you can be androgynous and you can be a third gender if you want or a fourth or a fifth. You can completely make it up. That's part of your backstory. And men, quite often, can create very sort of unique female characters and act out in ways that they think that maybe they want their female character to act. That can go both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be really creepy and overly sexual, and I've had that sort of revelation. But they can also be wanting to play a female character to be able to explore a little side of themselves that they might not be able to mm-hmm. otherwise which the is softness the softness that they don't softness. usually play with yeah yeah exactly and they, they don't get to play that way because they're always playing knights that are chivalrous or well they're always playing fighters and warriors but if they're decided oh I'm, go- I'm actually going to be but they could do that with male characters as well but i think that they get an excuse to abandon gender roles traditional gender roles if they 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 are playing a, a character that is the opposite or another gender from themselves. It's a very difficult psychology because part of me wants to go, you can make a really soft male character very, very easily. It can still yeah. be a knight and yet still be soft. And that's possible. But it's, yeah, absolutely. But I think that 
boys or men are more likely to do the soft touch if they've decided that their character is female or is identifies as a female gender because the races in D&D don't ever really strictly say that there are only two sexes. Oh yeah. So yeah. or two or even that there's two genders or some races might I think that there's one that's a type of elf that is genderless. Well, and uh, that's kind of why I wanted to bring up Rom again, uh, my favorite character I've ever played, because <laughs> uh, he was, um, you know, male, born a male, and but she always referred to herself as she, and um, but if anybody else referred to herself, to, referred to her as uh, a her or a she, uh, she would brutalize them mercilessly. It's like, no, no, you will recognize my masculinity. Only I can recognize my femininity. She was amazing. She was completely out of her damn mind. There was a poisonous spider web. And, uh, you know, most people would have cut it down or walked around it. And I'm all like, I'm going to walk right through it. I'm going to have these beautiful burn marks all across my body. And it didn't work out very well because I rolled pretty low. And so it just burned off like tufts of hair. I had the scars, but they weren't, you know, uniform. (laughs) It's like tufts of hair missing, but I rocked that. I loved I loved Rom. I miss her. She's the best. Yeah. This is <laughs> she sounds fun. But she was completely insane. Completely mad. And just like they she, she tried to fuck a bear. And uh you know, we went we we're in a cave and there was a wizard and his pet bear familiar. And I just kinda went to the wisdom, is it alright if I try and bang your bear? And he was like, You can try. <laughs> so yeah, you can certainly it. try. You yeah. can certainly try. It's the call call for it. What is it like sort of like the catchphrase of the DM? You can certainly try. You can try. Go ahead. Roll for it. Give it a shot. And I didn't get mauled. This is my my one one of my proudest gaming achievements, that and unlocking a locked door with a pair of forceps. But that was a different game. Yeah. <laughs> um I think I'm trying to think if there's any other aspect of the game that we haven't really talked about. So we've talked about the stuff, the material culture, if you will, of the game. We've talked about the immersive world and, you know, like the environment. We've talked about the performance, which is like the theatre of the role playing and um, aspect of it. We talked a little bit about the narratives, which is the story itself. Um, which is the DM kind of guides you along the way, but that you can at any point interject and, and throw things off. Yeah, and, and I just want to say, like, a DM doesn't usually doesn't come up with the entire story completely on their own. There are campaigns that they can can buy or find, and then they can either use them as they're written or, or elaborate on them uh, themselves. But, I mean, rarely does a DM you know, completely just make a story completely up as they go. Yeah. That's high, that's high level DMing right there. Yeah. But your average DM, you just get like a little piece of paper. It's got like, you know, a pamphlet of all the stuff that you need. Characters, PCs, which are um, uh, like non-player characters and NPCs, which are non-player characters, which will come in and give you information and then leave or something like that. Um, they'll have all of that available to them, but they don't often completely make it up. So I don't want you guys thinking that DMs are somehow like, just the greatest storytellers in the world. They can be, but most of the time they're running off of somebody else's like pre-written yeah. thing. Yes. Yes. Um, right. And then we've also talked about the game aspect of it, which means that you can succeed or fail at things, uh, depending on the look of your um, 
your dice, which is the sort of chance aspect of the game, yeah. which makes it it stops it from being completely chaotic and literally like the fighting in the backyard going, I'm invincible. Uh, you need those rules of the game in order to make it, you know, what it is. Um, the only thing we haven't really touched on, I think we have kind of talked about it a little bit, but that's sort of the socialness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said before, I, it was really hard for me when I first started playing because of, of my social anxiety. These were people I didn't know and people who knew how to play this game. I did not. I knew nothing. Um, but when you start a game, you, you do start to build this 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 family mm-hmm. and, and this 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 tribe. This is your this is your uh, your clan, the, your, your traveling companions. And it's it's. It's such a bonding experience. It's really, really a, a beautiful thing. Yes, it gets people that are ordinarily quite shy. It gets them, gives them a safe place to come out of their shells a little bit. It also it creates, uh, like you said, a bond. So you create like a family within people. It gets you out of your own self as well, so that you're not just inside the echo chamber, inside your own mind, thinking and fantasizing about things. Because if you're the kind of person that's prone to want to play D&D, it's probably because you have a very active imagination. And you might not know where to put that imagination um, into the real world. So D&D might help you do that so that you can actually act out, or not necessarily even act out, but sort of puts put that fantasy aspect of your imagination somewhere tangible and real and with other people and it's not mm-hmm. lonely anymore it's like a shared experience um and it's also a shared experience that only ever exists in that moment and can't be replicated yeah um so you want to talk about games that you've played and and campaigns that you've been on and um you know actions that you've you've done but you're sharing your enthusiastic reconnaissance of it if you will but i'm never going to share in that feeling because it was of its of its moment and it was a unique to you and your campaign Mm -hmm. and that context is very special and i just think people miss that sort of social bonding that sort of idea of that that world existing only there and then in that moment as well that's a really important aspect of dungeons and dragons about role playing in general is that um that fulfillment of contextual experience shared experience yeah 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 but then there are elements about it that are hilarious to share because nobody really understands it like the fact that my friend mallory collects the buttholes of every creature that we slay and uh (laughs) we've made armor i have a scrunchie made out of uh uh you know an enemy's butthole it's good it's good good stuff there are there are always as well there's loads of inside <laughs> jokes uh, for people that play D D. that like i was looking for the quote for the end of this episode and so many of them i get without really knowing too much about D because i play role-playing video games yeah yeah but some of them i go that's definitely a joke for people that play D D, and i don't really get that and i like that you you sort of you enter into this like social complex and system of of, of 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 identity and interaction um, that's completely unique. It's sort of like somebody who's dedicated their whole life to playing baseball and being really, really good at baseball. Uh, they would know all of their favorite players. They would know like scores of their best games. They would be able to recount things. They would go to see baseball games and be really enthusiastic and know the stats and all that sort of stuff. It's exactly the same. It's just in an imaginary place instead of yeah, in a yeah, real yeah. place. Um, 
and they're they're in dragons live and magic <laughs> may be cast and dwarves are able to you know somersault over the top of giants if they roll high enough yeah yeah <laughs> well mallory plays a halfling we just throw her at enemies all the time it's really great <laughs> you literally pick her up and toss her we just chuck her yeah Fantastic. so good <laughs> and she's very very small so sometimes she's, she's just stabbing people in the dick a lot it's just really really good and well in the fandom in general it's just such like you see somebody with that that ampersand with the dragon on it you know that and symbol and you're just like oh brother sister <laughs> let us speak let us speak yeah. of the the ways because <laughs> it is so niche and it is so fringe that those kinds of signals that that person is giving off is um if i'm wearing a D shirt i'm giving you the permission to talk to me if you play D D. like that's oh, an invitation because somebody who plays D D who doesn't want to talk about in public will not wear a D&D t-shirt because they're fucking expensive first of all oh, yeah. but secondly because they know that it's permission it's like wearing um an emblem or a yeah. talisman a flag <laughs> yes and it's and it says if you understand this talk to me yeah we are friends yes yeah if i see that ampersand on anybody i'm like hey traveler hail <laughs> Howdy traveler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite confident yet to talk to people about it. Though that said, I have seen shirts that have had like things like critical role on and stuff like that, and I've gone, I'm just learning about D D and you just see their face going, I wish I could be a newbie again because it was so fun when I was new and I was learning. Now it's kind of a little bit like business. Daunting, yeah. Like, do you want to play like <laughs> I like newbies that's it as well I think that when you've been playing a long time and all the people you're with have been playing a long time it probably does get a bit like business and then suddenly someone shuffles in the shop and goes I've never played before everyone would be like yes <laughs> <laughs> new blood for the you know machine sister. yeah yeah <laughs> for the faith <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. welcome welcome little one but I would happily pay for a really good DM. Right. You know, like I'd hi- like if I could like be like, right, so I will pay you to be my DM with me how, and my friends. How much you want for like three hours of uh, <laughs> hardcore storytelling? It has to be, the campaign has to have a very, very clear beginning, middle and end. These are my criteria. There must be at least <laughs> one dragon. <laughs> I demand, I'm putting I my voices, order in. Accents. I need enthusiasm of each NPC. <laughs> I, you know, if there was a DM hiring platform, I would service. Talk. Yeah, exactly. And you could like test out different DMs for different things. Get on that, nerds. Well, I think with the uh, roll twenty, you can um, join people's campaigns, like join different campaigns and stuff. I, yeah, I believe that's, that's an option. That's 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 the passive stance. I'm talking like an that's active true. stance, which is that you go in and you go, I'm hiring you. And I am paying you to do me a good campaign and my friends <laughs> for one night. Yeah? Do us real good. Do, do us, us real, good, real yeah. Hard. So we book Monday night at 8pm till 10pm. You're going to take us on an adventure, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why uh, is that not a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
but I will. I'm. I am. I am going to look into to figuring out how to run a campaign because I really want to, and I feel like I'd be good at it. And then yeah. you could pay me. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have to if it was you. Fine. But I'd I'd buy you a coffee. Donations, donations, donations accepted. Donations accepted. Yeah. Tip jars. Tip jars. Yeah. Tip jars. <laughs> you like how I did that? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh god well i really hope that we didn't um that we that we explained D well yeah 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 i think sometimes I, people assume that other people have like a basic understanding of what it is before they start explaining like you know because sometimes you feel like you've missed the first the first class yeah well and and i think everybody has an idea a vague idea of what it is and and it's not some people not, don't yeah some people think like, it's a board game i know i know well but for a long time it was um not a board game but you had the figures on the uh on the mat which you know you the, totally the average person yeah. totally understand why that looks like a board game and that's that's really not how it works so um for for those of you who are just going off of what you've seen from Stranger Things or from from other you know TV or movie references, it's it's a bit more than that. It's it's a lot of imagination play. It's not as structured. It's not as strict as a lot of people have this idea mm-hmm. of it. It's completely frivolous. Like we said, we collect buttholes. I mean, where is that written? <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah. No, that's the fun thing about it. You can take it wherever you want it to go. And you can derail a DM and a DM can derail you because he might say something along the lines of, wait, you want to collect anuses? If he really wanted to be a dick, mm-hmm. he could stop that from happening. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of DMs probably would, but thankfully ours doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think the most, I think that, that you just have to find your level of where you seriousness that you want to take it and i think a very good balance between taking the piss and taking it seriously where it's just very much in balance then Mm -hmm. then that's the perfect place to be because you don't want something that's super strict and super difficult and um controlling yeah what you want is to have because at the end of the day you just want to have fun and you want to let your imagination go and that's the whole point is that you're finding a creative outlet for your inner world to to come out and if you've got a dm that's constantly going yeah no that's not really what we're doing here then you're not you're just going to be like but to be fair i've never met a dm like that but i know that they're out there. they absolutely exist yeah Uh, most will be like about the rules no get out (laughs) most will say the catchphrase which is you can certainly try so You just got to roll with it, you know, roll for it. Um, and sometimes they might just say, you want to collect anuses? Then go ahead, collect some anuses. And one of my one of my favorites is, I think it's a joke that every, uh, every D&D fan has, has heard and read. If you haven't, if, you, if you're not in the D&D world, you probably don't get this. If this is your quote, please, you can feel free to edit it out. But the whole, um, you know, you, you roll to, you know, attack an orc right with your sword and you fail so instead of stabbing him you just dr- gently caress his back <laughs> it's like the best best example of what playing D is like i feel you yes. know you you go for one thing and it, it all comes down to the roles and it comes down to a good dm you know it's like no no you went to you went to stab him and now you're 
you're licking his ear affectionately. Ah, oops. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, they, you, they could literally just say you missed. That is also possible, but that's not as fun. That is fun. You definitely <laughs> want a DM that's going to be creative back to you. Um, I recommend go popping on YouTube and watching other people play. It sounds boring, but actually it's really quite fun to watch other people play and i watched earlier a half an hour long a like sort of uh mini game with uh <laughs> with vin diesel which we <laughs> we've had a little bit of a pre-recording chit chat about vin diesel and what he might look like if he never became muscly but anyway that's beside the point <laughs> watching that little game really made me realize how firstly how relaxed it can still feel when everybody is following the rules because they were following the rules. They were throwing, they were rolling the correct dice um, the correct number of times, adding modifiers and taking away uh, certain elements. And the DM was creating um, alternatives to scenarios if they missed. And they also, he was also creating the effect of the hit because you would say something like, um, I'm going to go in for an attack and then the DM could be like, right, so you jump up and you go with your sword and can really create something for you. And that's what this particular one was. It's like it was with Vin Diesel and this really great DM, I think. I I really hope that it's not like in the world of D&D that this is a really bad thing. Like like talking about tattoo fixers to a tattoo. <laughs> like, do not talk about D&D Diesel. I think it's called D&D Diesel. I think they called it. So nice. But I thought it was really nice because it showed me how you can follow, like I said, really follow the rules. And 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 they had everything coming up on the screen so I could follow it along at the same time as it being really fun for them to play and being really creative. And they were role playing in a way that didn't make me cringe. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't being over the top about when they talked in their characters, like talked as their character. Yeah. They were just the right amount of of like, the, it. yeah the character exactly enthusiasm and also then laughing at themselves yeah well it's like one of my players that i play with she's a she's a fighter she's a she always fights two hand and she'll go and she'll be like all right i'm gonna roll for this i'm gonna i'm gonna attack the ankle of this with my whip and pull it towards me so that i can then stab it here um and she she really lays out each move but she rolls for each move and can really do some elaborate awesome stuff mm-hmm. in a single move because she's a she's a fighter, so she's got a couple extra moves that she can make when she's in battle. But it's it's really neat when you see somebody or when you're playing with somebody and you learn how to play in that way. It's just it really just gets all of your all of your juices flowing. So like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Go. that's why I think that's why I think it's a good thing if you're interested in getting into it to just before you start learning the rules, before you start learning. I mean, what at the same time as learning the rules and getting to know it, watch other people play. Because... Yeah, or like listen to um, Adventure Zone is a great podcast where they play D and D. Super oh. funny, super funny. I like um, the watching aspect because the things can come up on the screen and tell you what they're doing. So like the roll would come up, like that they rolled an eleven plus three as their yeah. modifier, and it will tell you which modifier they're adding. So that helped me keep track of those technical technical things that I'm trying to get used to, which is why yeah, I like the sort of watching aspect. But if they explain it on a podcast, now add your dexterity modifier. Then then yeah, they do. Ah, see, then that's fine. It's pretty fun. It's super fun. <laughs> 
but I, they would have to say it every time for me to be able to get it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't do that. But they, they I mean, like in the first few episodes, it's it's everybody's kind of just learning to play at All the right. same time. So like, so what do I do now? And it's fucking funny. It's really good. And and yeah, the more you learn about it, the the easier it is to listen to these podcasts, to watch these these uh, videos, and just really have fun with that, with that, without worrying about. But how does that work? You know, because it's that's that's the whole the first like ten games that you play, the first ten sessions that you play, you're just kind of still figuring out how it even works in the first mm. place. But that's okay, and that's like that's the whole point. That's the journey, you know. But yeah, I love D and D. And I really want to share backstories of my players. It's really hard for me not to be doing that right now. Oh, sorry, I just felt that it would just be something I would have to edit out. <laughs> Come on, all right. So this that we should probably wrap it up now. We've, yeah, we've, probably. We've, we've, we've fluffed this up a bit. If you want to hear the black backstory of my characters, let me know. I want to tell you. I want to tell the world. My characters are amazing. Okay? One's a clown. Okay? She's amazing. <laughs> Anyway, if you like this episode, if you want to tell me about your favorite character that you've ever played, give me your D&D stories, because I live for it. I will talk D&D all day long. Um, if you have any other topics you want to discuss with us, please hit us up on our Instagram or Facebook, our Twitter, ZombieFishBoy or ZombieFishBoy Podcast. Also hit us up on our email, ZombieFishBoyPodcast at gmail.com to submit any kind of topics, like I said, um, or anything in reference to any of our past episodes. This goes on. You know, you you can bring up something from a mummy episode and I'll still be like, fuck yeah, tell mm-hmm. me about it. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, give me, give me all of it. Um, also, you know, we, we're on many different platforms, so if you can leave us a review, if you can spread the word, we really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, we love you do that thing. Yeah, I'd like to reiterate the review thing, because uh, we've hit a bit of a plateau, and we would really like to... Um, attract some new listeners and so if you could leave us a review that really helps us be more visual and also the more people that leave reviews the more people are likely to leave reviews it's this weird sort of um yeah so this (laughs) the more reviews they see the more likely that people are to leave a review themselves because more people are doing it um and also if you leave a review we will shout you out on the podcast 100 percent. yeah and thankfully no bad reviews yet sorry give us a better no bad reviews yet so that's nice just that one guy that decided to take umbrage to the fact that we called washington an asshole yeah no columbus 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 sorry columbus yeah yeah yeah. because he is he is an asshole (laughs) anyway (laughs) yeah please do that thing spread the word we love you and shall we have a quote or shall we pick a topic uh pick a topic first i think let's have a look yeah. right so let me get it up <laughs> random topic picker random topic picker you're a random topic picker and you're gonna pick a topic i hope that didn't hurt your ears too much that was intense that was a little bit intense <laughs> our next topic is a conspiracy theory oh. denver airport oh cool nice very specific Denver Airport. It is a listener request by Instagram follower Hot Leo, who is um, someone who's quite active with our um, social media. So they like lots of our posts and things like that. I think they might be someone who knows you in the real world. That's my coworker. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Denver Airport was requested by them over Instagram. So we will. Um, do Denver ever? It's been a while since we've done a really specific topic 
I yeah. suppose D&D is a specific topic, so that's kind of a dumb thing to say. Yeah, but it's, but it's just not... so big. It's so big. Whereas yeah. uh, Denver Report, that's that's a bit more specific, and I look forward to it because I honestly don't know much. So. Yeah, I just know the sort of vagaries. So but yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to it as well. It keeps it keeps the parameters narrow. Leo, we got you with some Denver Airportness coming. Yep, definitely. Oh my God, what was that voice? It was weird. Why don't do voices? Oh, no. Embrace the voices. They're fun. In right. circumstances. What's our quote? Right. <laughs> okay, so our quote, and then we'll say goodbye. Most of the people you see going to work today are LARPing, an incredibly boring RPG called professionalism that requires them to alter their vocabulary, posture, eating habits, facial expressions, every detail all the way down to what they allow themselves to find funny. Don't be like that. LARP wow. properly. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Your quote-unquote normal persona is just another form of LARPing. Yeah, it's a really lame character. Pick it up. Yeah. You well, can... it, it, it might be an awesome character. I, I'm not saying that everyone here is lame. But yeah, live live your life uh, as adventurously as you can. And, and you know, have fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's just basically, unsti- like, like you think that it's weird that people LARP? Well, you LARP probably every day when you go to work. Because there's no way that you're your true self all the time. Because you've got to, you've got to edit in order to be in certain environments. I'm, I alert myself. I'm, I'm myself pretty much all the time. Well, you have like, <laughs> you have an environment where that's safe. Like you yes. can, like do that. Whereas I, I, can't I went really out of my, to, like... <laughs> I went out of my way to make sure that my, my life would mean that I could, I can do that. Yeah, you you're, know? you're so yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I can be weird, but I can't be like my true weird self, like in academia in terms of like university like I have to kind of like tone it down a little bit (laughs) but archaeologists are weirdos so once I'm out in the field it's gonna be fine yeah yeah free reign absolutely just can be fucking weirdos and a lot a lot a lot a lot of them play D&D of course they do how could they not I know right it's like the (laughs) ultimate archaeologist game thank you (laughs) it absolutely is all right. We love you guys. It was a pleasure to talk to D&D. I hope you learned something. I hope you are desperately frothing at the mouth to hear about my characters. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a separate phone call with Melanie in which she just like tells me everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're really, really good. And I'm just really proud of them. My little babies. All right. Um, we love you. We will see you next time. And a fun is it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs>